Hey, y'all out there. This is Bo Billingsley, the voice of Jet Black and the Fourth Raikage. You're listening to The Night Nerd. Stay tuned because all kinds of good things will be happening. Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Thursday, so we're going to talk a little bit of history. All week, we've been talking about sharks. This marks the 45th anniversary of the original release of Jaws, one of not only the most iconic movies of all time, but definitely the most iconic shark movie of all time. We've looked at um, sharks in video games, and not going to lie, I may have gone back and played some blood dragon to fight, you know, mecha sharks and stuff. We've looked at other shark movies and the insane array of mostly bad <laughs> shark movies there are out there. We talked about tiger sharks and king sharks and more tiger sharks and comics. Really, all in all, it's been a fun week, which is what we set out for. We wanted to have fun, lighten the mood, kind of get back to form, and amazingly giant man eating like perfect killers got us to that point i think that's uh, really says something about sharks and stuff well today i wanted to dance with who brought us and i wanted to talk about jaws the the film itself um i'm gonna go on the assumption that you've seen jaws if we're gonna listen to this i'm not gonna break down plot and stuff like that uh, there's a shark attack and tourism is in trouble and then people have to stop the shark that's the plot if you haven't seen it go watch it uh, I, i'm gonna tell you right now just buy it you know I, I don't know if it's available on any streaming platform or anything but just go on your xbox your playstation your apple whatever and buy this movie uh, go on amazon buy a physical copy whatever you need to do because you're going to love it. This is one of the most beloved films of all time, which is kind of strange. Um, because it impacted so many people negatively, you know. We, well, we'll start with the legacy of Jaws. So Jaws, not its film legacy, it's like actual real world legacy. Jaws had a tagline of, you know, don't go in the water. You'll be afraid of the water. Things like that. And it was true. After this movie came out, people didn't want to go to the toilet. They, they were so petrified of water because of this film. Uh, you saw attacks on great whites. Now think about it. Not great white attacks, but attacks on great whites go up astronomically. You saw people become obsessed with how deadly sharks are and now don't get me wrong they are they will kill you but they're not as predatory as the movie suggests but you know what people ran with it and that's why discovery channel has had shark week for like 20 years at this point because there's something about sharks like i said perfect killing machine ancient killing machine whatever you want to call them people love they're just fascinated by and I get it, like, sharks are cool. I think every single person 
went through at least some small phase in their life where they were obsessed with sharks. And, you know, you got the books and you learned about the difference between a hammerhead and a great white and a whale shark and uh, nurse sharks and all of these things. But the end all be all is the great white. And it's because of Jaws. Uh, now, there are other sharks that are more aggressive. There are other sharks that are you're more likely to see. But because of Jaws, people have this fascination about the great white. And I think that speaks to the film and the legacy of the film. It's just crazy. And the fact that this film had so many problems getting made, people in the cast and crew called it flaws because it almost didn't happen. So Peter Benchley wrote a book named Jaws that was released in 1974. Well, in 1973, there were two producers who, who read it. That's David Brown and Richard Zanuck. And if you're like, hmm, those names sound kind of familiar? Well, David Brown, he, he would go on to do stuff like Cocoon and A Few Good Men, uh, Canadian Bacon, The Saint, Deep Impact, stuff like that. Richard Zanuck, before this movie, he had done The Sound of Music and The Sting the Sugarland Express, things like that. He, I mean, he would go on to do uh, so many great and maybe not so great movies as well. But they, they know their stuff. They knew their stuff, and they had heard about this book. They both read it in one night and said, "You know what? We need to make this movie." Since then, they said, if they had taken the time to read it twice, they would not have made the movie because there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on. And they went through and pitched it to a bunch of directors. Nobody was interested in it. And Steven Spielberg, who had just made his first movie, The Sugarland Express, wanted in. And he's like, I can do this, I can do this. He was only 26 years old at the time, young guy coming in. And he read the book, and he came in and was like, okay, hey, we need to change the first two acts, and we're going to re redo those, but stick with the third act. And Peter Benchley came in. And rewrote everything. And the reason they had Peter Benchley come in is because there was a writer's strike on the horizon. Peter wasn't tied to a union. He, he was, wasn't unionized. So if there was a strike, they could keep him around to do extra stuff. That was intentional. And as the movie got closer and closer, Spielberg actually tried to back out. Even though he had championed for the role, he was afraid that he was going to be like the truck and shark director guy. But Universal was like, uh, no, we have this little clause here. You're going to do this. You're going to make this movie. And David Brown even told him, Stephen Heyman, if you do this, and I'm paraphrasing all this. These aren't direct quotes. These are my quotes. Stephen, if you're going to do this, you can make any movie after this. And we now know that that's true. The movie went through half a dozen or more writers on the screenplay everywhere from like I said Peter Benchley to playwrights like Pulitzer Prize winning playwrights to the guy who was working on The Odd Couple to Steven Spielberg himself and, and even Robert Shaw who was in the movie he also was a writer and he did some drafts uh, of the script sidebar 
Robert Shaw. So the X-Men character Sebastian Shaw is actually n like named and supposed to look like Robert Shaw. And I just think that's really cool. But they go through, and Spielberg wanted to do unknown actors, but Zanuck and Brown wanted to do known actors. So they kind of met in the middle with kind of known actors. And they went out, they went after Robert Duvall, they went after Charlton Heston, they went after all these people. Finally, they got Roy Schneider in. And uh, for Hooper, they went after like John Voight, Jeff Bridges, Joel Gray. And George Lucas, of all people, was like, hey, check out Richard Dreyfuss. He was in American Graffiti for me. He's a good dude. And Richard Dreyfuss had made a movie called The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. The movie's not good. And he knew it wasn't good. So he, he was like, yeah, please put me in this movie. After he had turned it down. Because he was afraid he wouldn't get cast in anything again. So, I mean, right there, you see, you had problems with writers. You had problems with directors. You had problems with casting. And we haven't even started to make the movie. There's a, a famous quote from Richard Dreyfuss where he said, quote, we started the film without a script, without a cast, and without a shark, end quote. And that's true, because the shark, this was the first movie to be shot, like, entirely in the ocean. And... The, at one point, when they started, the producers wanted to train a great white shark. Now, again, before this, people didn't know a whole lot about great whites, weren't super obsessed with it. Now we know how insane that is. So they made three sharks. Each of them served different purposes, like one moved left to right, one moved right to left. One uh, could be pulled through the water, you know, things like that. And they went with the uh, heard not seen for the shark. And you got John Williams infamous, you know, dun, 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 that we all know. It's stuck ingrained. I guarantee you, even if you are one of the few people who haven't seen Jaws, you know that tune. So long story short, through a miracle, it all comes together. It is over budget by over 100%. It is way overdue on filming time. I mean, all of these things. But it comes out. And there's even more to the legacy. We talked about the legacy when it comes to sharks and everything. This movie is considered the first summer blockbuster this is when studios got together and were like oh my gosh we can make a movie that is action adventure big explosion stuff this is the moment like michael bay was conceived pretty much and it's gonna we can do a wider release this movie was released over on over 450 screens which was nobody did that no major studio did that at the time they had TV spots, they had merch, they had everything. And now that's just like par for course. Um, this movie, it was the highest grossing film until Star Wars came around, which Star Wars took that model and strapped a jet engine to it, you know, with the toys and tie-ins and everything. And it's crazy. And now we have films like The Avengers and Wonder Woman and things that do the same thing. And it all started at Jaws. And I think that's part of the reason 
Back in 2001, the Library of Congress said, hey, this film belongs in the National Film Registry. Its legacy, no matter where you're drawing from, no matter where you're pulling, whether you're looking at the effect it had on oceanographers and people who were inspired to study sharks, the the legacy it had, the effect it had on the everyday person and their fear, their newfound fear of water and sharks and how they perceive sharks to this day, almost 50 years later, to how it reshaped the film industry. Jaws is an amazing movie. It's an amazingly important movie. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, watch it and let me know what you thought about it. Let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Mixer, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. I'd love to talk to you. love to hear your opinions on it. You can email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Tell me what's your story. Is there something that's you-